Hi there and welcome to Expedition Company Culture. My name is Ernst and I believe your company culture is the main driver to long-term success. In this podcast, I talk to people from different sectors and roles about company culture. Together we explore different angles to identify, strengthen and share this culture and find insights for you to use. Today I'm joined by Milan Kavase. She is Learning and Development Manager at HMS Host International. Yes, thank you. Good to have you. We have worked before in a in company culture project. So today we're going to explore the insights that we got during that project. And as well, it was a couple of years ago, like the ongoing insights that you got it after that. So yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Um, before we start, HMS Host, what kind of company is that? HMS Host, you uh, you probably uh, know it from a, a cup of coffee or a croissant uh, when you travel or when you used to travel. Uh, we are a food and beverage company. And you're offering 24-7 service. Yeah, so most of our units 24-7. Some of them, uh, depending a little bit on the location and yeah. passenger flow, uh, sometimes they would yeah. close at night. So you got like two major challenges that you have. You need volume in people. Yes. And you're working in a, in a, in a, in a sector with high turnover due to the nature of the work. Absolutely. So you guys are a hiring machine. Yes. Um, how do you uh, prepare them for the environment your your people will start working in? How do you sell where you will be working? And how do you connect all those different cultures? There's so many layers in this question. But I know, where to start, right? Um, I think most important, what we try to do when we, uh, from the recruitment side, is of course to really paint a realistic picture your alarm goes off at 3 a.m. sometimes and you have to be uh, bright and shiny at 7 a.m. at the workplace or sometimes 6. So it's about being real. Mm -hmm. That's It's hard work. Um, hospitality is physical, physical work. And at the same time, you get so much back from it. It's the connection with people. It's the international vibe. It's the dynamics where no day is the same, where you can get questions ranging from where's the smoking area all the way down to, oh my goodness, I missed my flight. Can you please help me rebook? So there's there's this, this yeah, what we try to do is really make it real to people that when you work for us, that's what it's about. So not to paint a picture that is not real. Yeah. Um, to do that, that's not always easy because um, people maybe sometimes want to hear, you know, like our, a lot of the people that work with us are our students, uh, but we also have people who want to work part-time because they have a different life or they have a study or they have other things going on. So it's it's not always easy to, to find those people that are flexible, let's say, um, and yeah, who are looking for that picture. Yeah, and it's also hard because you're looking for people who are flexible, but also want to work in hospitality. Yeah. And your competition does exactly the same, sometimes even in the same venues, right? Absolutely, yes. So how do you differ differentiate um, HMS host from the others. How did you find a way to, uh, well, say <laughs> this is who we are? To attract them yeah. and, and attain them. I would, I would uh, be lying if I said we have found the way, um, <laughs> because we all know that hospitality uh, is a tough area. We have a really good crowd of people, though, a very good loyal crowd. And I think one of the things is that we have very strong values. So our values have been... Um, inherited, let's say, from our mother company, Autogrill, uh, probably about six years ago now. And at first, we were like, okay, values, values, uh, what to do with values. And then we started to bring them to life. We started talking about what behavior goes with the values, 
And it was interesting to see that in our 19 countries, people really had the need for a connection. And the values somehow connected us with, with Vietnam, with, with Australia. Yeah. So there is a very strong we in in the values. It's really interesting what you're saying, because I can remember back in the day when we were working mm -hmm. together, we were looking at those values and saying, okay, we cannot change them because we got them. And I think many of our listen listeners have like um, got values imposed on them, um, which is often the case, like not, not always, but Often it is the case. Management yeah. uh, comes from 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 a meeting says, "Okay, these are we'll, these are our values, and let's start working that." Yeah. And that we went exploring and talking to people. Oh, okay, this is our value. What does it mean? What do you? What does it tell you to do? And yeah. how do you? How would you explain them to us? So instead of us saying yeah. this yeah. is what they mean, we asked. Yeah. Our, we ask all our people, as many as people as we as we could. Yeah, I remember the workshops and the interviews. As I think one of the values, which was the same everywhere, was passion. Because mm -hmm. passion is something you can feel, something something that you can see. It's, probably, it's uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably lots of people are laughing at, uh, while listening to this podcast and saying, "Oh no, we got passion too." Yeah, well, you all need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So HMS host has passion too. Yes, we do. Sorry, <laughs> it's not quite unique. And yet it's one of the strongest ones because people can actually really connect with it. Um, the other one, if you remember, Ernst, we were um, we had one of the values called be open. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, in China, the interpretation of being open was very, very different from from Vietnam or to Sweden. And we really had to deep dive and look at the behavior that people associated with that. And in yeah. the end, I think we got quite, quite well um we nailed it down quite well. It was all about respect and caring. And it wasn't at all about being open body language wise or, or communicating wise. But if That's, you this is a good respect, one. Basically, yeah. what we try yeah. to do is to go beyond our own culture because yeah. that's uh, i would say the you the tip of this podcast already in the beginning yeah is go yeah. beyond your own culture that in this project we constantly were challenging each other yeah. on yeah. okay um, are we relating it this to something that's normal to us yeah. or normal to them? Or are we looking at it objectively? Are we going to have our employees teach us yeah. or are we going to interpret what they're saying through our own norms uh, and values yeah. and things like that? So yeah. it's a really good one because be open from a Western perspective is be outspoken, yes. tell, tell it like it is and things like yes. that. Whereas when we were diving deeper and deeper, even in our Western countries, it wasn't about being outspoken. No, it was more about be respect, be open to other people. So being open was way more about caring, respecting, and then when you care and respect for people, then it's easy to listen to them. Yeah. And then your then your mind is open to, yeah. to whatever they are saying. So it was a really nice way, to, as you say, to connect East and West and still have that connecting behavior, mm -hmm. which applied to everyone. What I really, really, really loved in this project is that we embraced the fact that people are people. Yeah. That we never... Yeah said no those people in asia do things differently or those no. people in the nordics do things differently no we no. were constantly no looking for no, no we were looking for okay where do we connect where yeah, where do we find ground yeah yeah in the different cultures and what gives us the energy to come to work in the morning i think one of the things that we we talked about was different people watch different 
um, movies and listen to different music. And yet let's find out from the people who work currently at HMS host, what music do they listen to? And do yeah, they find a common one. ground there? Yeah. And, but what, that makes culture, doesn't it? We even have a podcast on, uh, on all the various songs that people like to listen to on their way to work. And yeah. it was interesting that it wasn't all that different. Yeah, it was there a was really good one. It's, it's cultural like, songs there, but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. where you see that we were, were, were looking for a specific kind of people with an international mindset. And that also yeah. broadened their music taste. And was, that, that didn't mean, to me, it didn't mean that they would only listen to American pop classics. No, yeah. they would listen to a, a certain style. So it's an interesting uh, experiment to do yeah. with your own company as well. Just instead of asking, describe who we are, ask what kind of music yeah. do you listen going to work? Would because you guys like to eat? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. everything that normally already defines culture, like language, yeah. food, uh, traditional holidays. Yeah. We have the same actually in, in a company culture. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, what I really liked as well is that one of the things that you did is create some um, national holidays for the company. Yeah. Like embracing compliment day. Yeah, because that's what cultures have. They have a common day. Yeah, we have um, the 1st of March, which is uh, in Holland, we call it compliment day. And it started really small, like, let's, you know, be nice and give each other a compliment. And then we said, why is it just in Holland? Let's, you know, make it uh, HMSO's international compliment day. And it's wonderful to see that even each culture has their own way to give compliments. In Asia, it's through food and sharing just tasty things. Mm -hmm. And in other countries, it's more about the award and the recognition, for example, in India. And in Europe, it's, oh, you know, now you don't, don't make a big, too, big, a big hassle about it. Um, just keep it down to earth. But I appreciate your compliment. And it was more in the style of a little email. Yeah. So wonderful to see, again, different cultures. But we still had that one day where yeah. we celebrate together. So you embrace yeah. the, the, yeah. the differences between our countries and country cultures, but at the same time, make, make, yeah. it, make it one. How do you instill this culture in the insane amounts of people that you recruit every week? This, this is the first project ever where we were talking about the number of people that you hired per week. Yeah. I'm used to Crazy. hiring per month, but <laughs> in this kind of company, yeah. the volumes are so big that you're talking about on, 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 uh, on, on a weekly basis. So you're getting new recruits every week. Yeah. How do you instill this culture? How do you make sure that the, the, the first day they start working, that they feel, oh, I'm working at HMS, at an HMS host location and not at a name, any random competitor? Well, it, it started a little bit on the recruitment side where we have some questions that really ask people, are they going to be able to relate to the culture? So, for example, questions around passion, questions about open and our various values. So you already sort of estimate whether someone is going to fit in. And I think it's an important factor before uh, anything, before learning and development is, is, is are people able to, to, to develop this aspect or, or learn this? Um, one of the other things was that it's very important, that which we try to install everywhere in all of our units, is that you have an on-the-job trainer, somebody mm -hmm. waiting for you. Some people call him a buddy or her. Someone waiting for you, welcoming you to not just the unit, but also to the company and taking you along. Um, it's, it's someone who lets you watch a little film that gives you that vibe and that feeling like, ah, oh, okay, this is... And is this an official trainer or is this someone who's a, a direct colleague or team member who has the role of instilling this culture? It's the second option. It's somebody who 
Well, some it's actually in some countries they have the title team trainer, and in other countries it's a supervisor who then has the role. Hey, you know, for the next couple of weeks we're hiring for high season, so you're going to be the one who's going to be uh, training. They go through training themselves on how to be an on-the-job trainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then from day one is taking people along into the the realistic side of the business. Once again, realistic, very important. It, there's great days and there's tough days, and um, yeah, just opening our hearts to our new people. That's and giving them the feeling of. A little home mm-hmm. where you're mm-hmm. going to be working every day. Um, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to have this culture instilled? And why do you want to spend the time and thus the money yeah. of a person who could also be serving guests? It's well, the way that we serve guests is that we want them to feel at home in our unit, even in a brief two, three second um, interaction that we have, because guests will come back. They will feel. there's a good vibe in this restaurant or there's a good vibe in this unit. So I'll come back there. Mm -hmm. So we create loyalty. And in order to create loyalty with guests, we have to do the same with our associates. If we don't have loyal, engaged associates, how on earth are they going to be able to treat our guests in that way? We we call our culture these days, it's a little bit like a movement. So besides our values, we we call it return on attention. Mm -hmm. Because that's what it's all about. It's yeah. we give attention to our guests and when we return that favor to yeah. our associates. Yeah. What I really like about this approach is that culture isn't a vanity project. It's metrics. It's you can make more money by focusing on your culture. And this is something that's really, really important because I see so many times that people want to do culture and when they go and get stuff. Yeah. Oh, we're going to kill all our culture efforts because now we need to focus on money making. Whereas you make sure, okay, if we focus on our culture, we can make more money. Because you, before we pressed records, uh, you told me something about how busy you are nowadays during COVID times. Mm. Because you need to instill, you need to share the culture even more than you than you would normally do during the during good times you want to create a very strong we because in the end it's we need to pull this business back up we need to wait for 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 passengers to return and then and we need to be ready you know in the days where where we had loads of passengers uh it's it's easy to just as easy as it is to get a career with hospitality it was also as easy to leave hospitality and so of course we did research trying to find out um you know how how much does it cost when when somebody leaves the company and oh my goodness we, you know we have a turnover of whatever percentage how are we going to reduce that turnover so in the end culture is a way to close that gap and to reduce your turnover. So there's an absolute return on in, on investment. Organized it as a two-edged sword, where you need less people because less people will leave, yeah. but also the people that stay are more productive because they know why they're doing it and yeah. they believe in what they're doing and they go beyond serving that great sandwich yeah. because that's not yeah. what you're selling. No, exactly. It's, it's way more than just a sandwich or a cup of coffee. Um, it's the, the, the smile that goes with it or the genuine service. So you're responsible for learning and development. What does learning and development do with culture in the first place? Why you and why do you have to be the one um, well, protecting and fostering your culture? Culture is, I think, as we talked about earlier, is a lot about behavior. 
And at the same time, when you talk about learning and development, what we're doing is we are developing people on skills, but we're also developing people on behavior. And if you think about our leadership, our managers, what we're trying to do is to develop behavior in which people feel super comfortable to work. So there's a huge link uh, there already between making sure that our managers uphold that culture by really showing leadership where people can actually feel comfortable and be themselves and be productive and, and be passionate. If we say our values be passionate, but our leaders crush that passion by being super directive, yeah. then, you know, everything just sort of falls. Does that also mean that you need to act as the company's conscience every now and then? Yeah. I mean, having a conversation with, yeah. um, with, uh, with a member of the leadership team and then bringing that awareness back into the leadership team. What what I really like, though, is that um, probably in two or three years, uh, since two or three years, that we have full focus on culture from our leadership team. So luckily, I've been working with with a great group of people who, who are all sort of um, really focused on engagement and attention and, and the culture. So that's a, a big change, I would say, since uh, yeah. since a few years ago. Yeah. And what kind of tangible things do you do? Like you just mentioned, okay, once you're hired, we will uh, give you a buddy who will well immerse you, you immerse you into HMS host culture. After that, you become a regular employee. Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. do you? What do you do from your perspective to keep the vibe going? To em- emphasize, okay, this is culture. This is what we want to see from you. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's just like with any learning and development. Uh, if you attend a training, that's just ten percent of the learning. It's what happens afterwards. One of the things that I think is quite effective is that we have five minute briefing sessions. On the workplace. So before you start your shift, there's the, you and your colleagues that you work the shift with come together and you actually talk together. You do a little bit of training. We talk about the value of the month. We talk about behavior. We create focus together. Those five minute briefings are a great way for people to connect on a daily basis. Um, we have our, our intranets where we try to connect people with fun learning bites, with management career tips from our leaders that that talk about how did they uh, get their career going and it's about giving that hope for the future in every e-learning there's something about the values there's something yeah. reminder there's there's a emphasis on a behavior which directly links to the values the so there's not a moment it's it's not like no. oh we have our value of the month we're going to create two awesome videos and we're going to send them out to everybody no. and then set back basically what you say yeah. this is This is the touch points that we have as a company with our employees and where can we support them in our culture? Because what what I hear you saying is with the five minute briefs, this is something that they do anyway. It's basically, okay, you have your weekly team meeting and you, you, you address like five or 10 minutes of that time for things related to things that are important for you to your culture. So it's not like, let's talk about our, our value. No, it's about, okay, what are we going to do about this value in this shift or yes. in this week? Yes. So you How make it show that really, really, really yeah. tangible. Yeah. You're empowering the teams to yeah. 
learn it themselves. That's I don't know if I'm summarizing it right. Yeah, it's super exciting. It's nice Does it also see. mean that at some point you have like people keep on calling you, can you create this, can you create that, that you <laughs> as, a, as, as, a, as a department become a facilitating department even more because they know what they can get from you and you have to, I have this idea, can you help me do this or that and that's yeah, absolutely. It's um, sometimes we call them little performance boosters or, or people call and say, I really want to change the behavior in my team and I want to make sure that we sell more. So we brainstorm a little bit and we talk about a bingo, for example, yeah. doing a bingo uh, on, in, on the shift mm -hmm. where you have a bingo card. So yes, indeed, it's, it's, it's nice to see that people find HR, uh, find learning and development because they believe that in order to change behavior, we also have to make it fun and exciting and it has to be on a daily basis. Yeah. So, and yeah. it's also what you're saying, it needs to be really, really, really small. Yes. It needs to be something that you, it's almost, it almost feels, I don't know if you, uh, uh, it almost feels like something that you can hold in your hands. You need something really, really tangible because that's the only way that you can work with it. Yeah. I don't know, Ernst, if you remember, we made a game. Yeah. And it's super tangible, as you say. It's it's one of these games that are off the shelf. You you turn you you swirl an arrow and it stops at one of the values. And there's a card which asks you a multiple choice question. And these got translated into I don't know eight languages because everybody's you know saw the the use of it. And sometimes the cards were used and not the the, the board game. But the fact that we just want something really super simple yeah. that people can use in their daily lives it's really interesting to see that you create an item to promote your culture and your people want it i don't know listeners how many times you see this happening <laughs> that you create something and that people want more of it and yeah. that's to me it feels like because you started with it needs to uh, lead to something so we're not doing it because it makes us feel good but no we can make more money so there's a real goal but at the same yeah. time it's also um you see your people. So you're not using them as a resource and trying to brainwash them. No, you're trying to give them things so that they can, do, that they can play them with themselves. So we'll yeah. give you the DNA game. If you just use the board, fine with us. If you just use the cards, fine with us. As long as you create an atmosphere where it's normal yeah. to keep learning and to explore. Yeah. And uh, it's also okay if you don't use it. But if something else that's a good one. way better suits your culture. Yeah. Uh, way better suits your people it's it's okay you know i see learning and development sometimes is, is uh, we create a menu of learning items and you choose somebody likes to go straight to the dessert and somebody else likes to go through three courses and somebody else just wants a main course yeah so it's about creating learning bites learning yeah this is also the emphasis that you're putting on okay there's different lifestyles there's different people so you're trying to create all the materials that you create um are for uh, all the same audience, but for different parts of that audience, so that people who like to do tactile things, uh, you can do a, you can do a game because that's something you can hold. Yeah. There's people who want to talk. Oh, you focus on the five minute briefs. Yeah, and so there's they, people who like to watch a video. There are still people who also like to read articles. Yeah. and and so that palette of different, yeah. I would say, learning styles. No matter what age, no matter what culture, I think we all have the four different learning styles. As long as we can nurture those learning mm -hmm. needs. Um, yeah, pick and choose. Uh, what I'm thinking about is the culture is not owned by the by the company or by a department. No. 
It's owned by the people. Like yeah. you're, and that's really exciting because it's also, it means they're owning it. So you cannot control it anymore. You can only facilitate it. Facilitate it, guide, guide it, ignite it, inspire it, motivate it. So there's some influence that we have, definitely. It's not like it's a lost cause, like, oh, no, yeah. you know, don't worry about culture because the people define it. So no, I mean, there's, there's definitely things that we can do to, to guide and help it. But it's true. If, if you try to tell people this is our culture and live by it, well, good luck. In the beginning, we thought, you know, learning and development, HR, HR, I think a lot of people think HR owns the culture. And then we had marketing, it does marketing own the culture. And in the end, it's like, no, it's the people uh, in the units, even even guests tell us a little bit about our culture. So yeah. it's 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 our suppliers, um, our landlords. So it's 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 there's different people that affect our culture. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not even only the associates, I would yeah. say. Everybody needs yeah. to play their part. And that's yeah. something you facilitate. We compliment and we recognize there's a framework. Yeah, you give them the sandbox to play yes. in and, yes. and all the freedom to do whatever you want within that sandbox. Yeah, nicely said. Thank you so much. Oh, you're Had welcome. a great talk. So many <laughs> interesting insights again. Thanks so much, Milanka. You are welcome. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to, to reconnect. All right. Any listeners, you're always welcome to drop me a line with any questions you might have. And uh, see you next time.